everybody. It's LOI Central with Dan and Johnny. Hi, and welcome along to uh, this 20th episode of Season 7. We're pretty much halfway through the seventh season of LOI Central, halfway through the 2023 season. It is Johnny Ward and Dan McDonald. And on today's show, it's all about Georgie Boy, Georgie Kelly, the Rotherham striker. Played for, off the top of my head, four League of Ireland clubs. He's going to come on the show. He, uh, of course, didn't miss Derry City and Shamrock Rovers last night. And he's going to talk to us about what he thinks is happening in the League of Ireland and his own future back in pre-season training with Rotherham. Dan and I were both at the game last night. Kind of felt like um, a game of of significance, of a lot of significance and maybe of um, great significance going forward in the title race this season as Shamrock Rovers played Derry. Afterwards, I uh, caught up with Rory Higgins and Pico Lopez, who's fresh from uh, the qualification of Cape Verde for the uh, African Nations uh, next year again. So we have lots on the show. We are in association with Future Ticketing. We're in association uh, with Collar and Cuff. Uh, Decky will give you a free shirt and tie uh, for your suit in Glass Nevin. And we're in association with Rascals Brewery. Our question last week really stumped people for the um, free trip to the brewery. Uh, Dan might have a slightly easier question this week, um, but who knows? Uh, how are you, Dan? Good. I feel bad now after to correct you with my first with my first contribution. We are online this week, so I don't get to look across the studio and glare at you now. It's a little bit of a different dynamic. Five clubs for Georgie Kelly. Maybe that should have been a question. You're forgetting his tiny stint at Derry City at the start of his career yes uh, where he made a, like a handful of appearances I think but uh, yeah used to done dog bows and pats maybe that should have been the question um, but uh, otherwise I'm good you're working for GE at the I just like to declare Dan yeah I want to I want you to declare yeah I want you to declare your fee that's absolutely 55 quid yeah. no free rental car yeah I mean it's it, I mean if you're not if you're if you're listening to any kind of audio output this week and the host isn't telling you what they earn, are you even alive? Um, <laughs> it's like I did, I did come back from the game last night uh, to catch up on all of this. Then I'm mean, going to say as a taxpayer, I was totally enthused. A taxpayer and a journalist. license fee now. A tax, I do. Uh, a taxpayer and a and a journalist more to the point where you realise, do you know what I mean? Like, and I actually hate this, you know, the negativity of journalists who will say, oh, you know, the industry's in trouble. You know, if a, if a student gets in touch with me and gives me advice, I tell him, don't go into it. You know, because you'll sort of say the industry is volatile. And now I'm thinking, you know, the next student that comes to me, I'm like, listen, if you can get into RTE, you know, you can present, to, you can get up to the top of the ladder in RTE. You can present the show for four to six hours a week. Take home, clear around 300 grand, 200 grand, you know. Um, it's one of my regrets that I didn't make it in RTE. Well, I mean, this is the thing, like, I mean, I mean, what is the value of your work? I mean, we, we do an hour here talking choice. Um, if we did that on RTE, a slightly bigger platform, we could be pulling in around 60 grand mm. for, for the hour. And like, what the hell are we doing wrong here? And I mean, I mean, some of these hours that we're talking about, they aren't even particularly good. Um, don't set any agendas, really. Um, but there you go. Anyway. Like it, it is a sort of a, it's a great week for Irish society and, and who knows, who knows? I mean, VAR is coming into the, the League of Ireland for the Shamrock Rovers uh, game. Uh, I'm not sure who foots the bill for that. Um, Rand, I pretty much, but I pretty much probably, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, th- I think UEFA actually covered the bill for it, but uh, I mean, I hope Orsi are showing it. If Orsi are now saving on like, you know, the couple of grand this year for showing an away leg in Europe and it's like, sorry lads, like, you know, 
Come on. Look, Why did we get Declan McBennett on this week, actually? What have you been good time? Tap into the barter account. I mean, we all have a barter account in our lives, don't we? Um, but uh, well, what a glorious time to be alive. You know, I mean, it, I, I think, you know, the, uh, the, the, the the League of Ireland massive, you know, shouting uh, profanities at the RGE camera crew is like the, the least of our problems <laughs> at the moment. You know? Yeah. Um, um, anyway. Truly extraordinary stuff. Now, just going to get to the game last night, Dan. Um, we're going to hear from Rory Higgins here. If, before we play this interview, I... I I'd have to say Rory has a take on this I don't agree with at all. But let's uh, let's hear from Rory, his take on the game, and obviously what's been a challenging season so far for uh, the would-be uh, championship contenders. Rory, what were your thoughts there? Obviously, um, seven points behind now, so it's it's a tough one. It is. I, I, I certainly didn't think we deserved to lose the game. Uh, that's for sure. I, I think the opening stages, the opening 20, 25 minutes, right up until they scored, and old Tile had a chance against the run of play, but right up until their goal. Um we looked like the team that was gonna uh we looked like the team that was gonna get our noses in front, but our final pass, our final cross, that's how you create clear cut chances by your final pass being good or your your final cross being good, but we we, we, we lacked that quality tonight and, and um but our play up in, in the first two thirds of play up until that point was, was really good. Um we had control for large periods and in Tallis Stadium, which which doesn't happen too often, but uh, uh, just that that last bit, that cutting edge, and, and a lot of our match winners, um, I suppose, were, were were sitting watching the game tonight, which and and, and we need them back, and we need them on the pitch. Um, they, they try and help us between now and the end of the season. I know you do you do have a good squad, but like it has been a lot to deal with these players that just these big names just aren't playing. I will. Um, just using Conley and Dummigan for an example, they they two out of the three nominees for Player of the Year last year, and Dummigan started six out of twenty three games, and Conley started eight out of twenty three games. Something like that. Um, then you've had McElhinney and, and and Duffy who have missed a, a large chunk of the season as well. So um, it's really hard to to gain any continuity really. When and, and listen, it's it's not an excuse. It's just it's fact we. Uh, no team can deal without their, their, their best players for a large chunk of the season but um, as I said our players tonight were, were really really good to a certain point um, You came here kind of aggressive as well three at the back you came up to show uh, the what you were about I suppose uh, We came and had a go and I thought we set our stall out and as I said in the opening stages we had corner after corner we had a couple of half chances we looked at a real threat on the counter attack and, and we played um as I said, I keep repeating myself, but we played really well to a certain point, but that certain point is, is, is the bit that wins you football matches and, and Gaffney gets a sniff and, and puts it in the net. And, uh, um, Do you feel deflated now? Because I know like things have gone so well here in the season and it, it feels almost like the you've got not that you've hit a lull but you haven't been able to maintain the levels because of the players you've missing maybe or whatever. Uh, and you've had your own difficulties as well as we all know. Like, uh, But listen, that's... that's we... Um, Listen. All we can do is, uh, all we can do is stick at it. All we can do is stick at it and try and and and, and uh, put a real run together because I know we're capable of it. Um, and and let's see where it takes us. But we're not giving up on anything. Uh, there's a lot to be. Uh, there's a lot to look forward to. Um, How big is Europe actually this year? I we're we're excited about it. We're looking forward to it. But we we've uh, what have we got? We have. Um, 
two league fixtures before Europe, so we got to deal with that. Then with the FA Cup, so there's a lot to look forward to. And as I said, we're not giving up on anything. How have things been personally? Obviously, we we, we haven't had John the podcast since your brother died, but um, I think everyone fell for you in the League of Ireland community. And then you had obviously losing your assistant manager who lost his mother as well. So there was an awful lot going on. Aye, and obviously it's it's. Uh, I suppose un- until you're in that position and, and you lose a, a, a brother um, or, or someone really close to you, um, like my family have, then it's really, really hard to understand. It's, it's been an unbelievably tough time. Uh, but um, I, have, I have great friends, really good friends, a lot of close friends, uh, a really tight family who stick together. Um, and the football club have been outstanding to me. Um, that and, must have meant a lot. Right, of course, and and, and, and and it is difficult and it is hard to take, uh, especially when it's so sudden. But um, right, you, like, I know that he wouldn't want me standing, feeling sorry for myself or, or whatever. He'd want me to fight on, and, and, and that's what I'm going to do. And, and as I said, we have a real uh, talented group of players here, uh, and, and they, keep, they keep me going as well. So, um, as I said, we're seven behind, but there's a lot of football to be played, and and we're we're, uh, we're not too far away from welcoming um, some of our, our match winners back. We we actually spoke about um, just the challenges of management that you don't expect, and Stephen Kenny we spoke about him last week, and it's um the mental pressure must be tough. Like I know his job's bigger than yours, but that must be hard to deal with at times. Ah, it is like football management is. Uh, I know everyone thinks they're a football manager, <laughs> yeah. but uh, um, no. Listen, football management is is not straightforward. I I don't think you can look at any manager anywhere in the world that has had a a clean run at it without setbacks, without difficulties, um, without. It's not a better roses by any stretch, but um, you become a better manager when you when you. Uh, come through setbacks and when you fight through setbacks and when you dig in and um, is it Stephen uh, Kenny uh, was there tonight like he was in the stand and it's almost harder for him to come in now than it would have been two weeks ago if that makes sense aye but listen it's um, I've, obviously Stephen like I have so much time and respect for him and, and uh, his, uh, as you said his job's a lot bigger than mine but uh, in my head Derry City Football Club is the biggest job in the world and, and uh, we'll keep working, we'll keep digging in. Um, I know it's been patchy recently in terms of form, but uh, if we can keep playing like that for the first two thirds and, and, and add a bit, of, a bit of quality in the final third, then we'll be okay. And, and as I said, we will welcome um, a lot of key personnel back in, in, in the weeks to come, hopefully. You've got to have a lot of respect for Rovers as well. They're ah. looking for four in a row and they seem to be just finding a way. I uh, of course um, you don't get uh, league titles handed you that's for sure and 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 they've done well but I don't I genuinely don't believe that we're a million miles off um, we won here earlier in the season they beat us on the Brandywell uh, on a on a on a forgettable night really um, and I didn't think there was I didn't think we deserved to lose the game here tonight so um, I don't think there there's loads in it you can see that they can bring. Burke and Burt and Dylan Watts and the list goes on. Simon Power, they can bring these lads on and, and um, uh, uh, 
but but we would have that quality to introduce to the game as well if 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 uh, or if and when we get we get our lads back. Thanks very much for your time. Thank you. Okay, what what I what I don't agree with you were at the game. I I my match board written about halfway through the second half, and it was one of these things. I can change this if needs be, and if I change it, it'll probably be that Rovers get a goal in the break because Derry aren't scoring here if they're here all night. And they'd, their first shot on their first chance, which wasn't a bad chance for Brandon Kavanagh, was on nine minutes. Nothing after that, literally nothing. Right now, Rovers had a back five that ended up being Gannon on the right, Kavanagh uh, on the left, and then their three centre backs. Very, very solid back five, and so it's going to be hard for Derry to score. But they created nothing, Dan. And for Higgs to say that he thought they deserved something from the game, I'm just, I like, I just cannot see where he's where he's getting that from. Well. No, I see your point. I mean, I kind of wish you'd had that disagreement with him at the time when he was talking. But then, of course, you know, it's 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 the manager's interview, and it's not about your opinions in the interview. And um, so, I've taken a stand on that and on other issues. So, I probably have to be consistent on it. Um, I hadn't actually yeah. seen him since his uh, brother passed away as well. So, the context of that interview was I, I was consoling him. I said, "I haven't met you since." And uh, so then, yeah, maybe I should have asked him. But um, yeah, it was a bit. Well, a bit no. that's the second time in two weeks okay. now you've criticised me for being too easy on somebody. Yeah, uh, yeah, no. well, the irony of it all. But put it this way, right? Let's say in the 88 minute of that game, um, one of those corners, Keane Cabinet sticks ahead in it mm. and it's equaliser. Would you have described that as an undeserved point? I'm not sure I would have. Look, I think to be fair, right, it's a fair result because the challenge in the game was set out for Derry to break down Rovers and they couldn't do it. Now, they did have a lot of play. I mean, Stephen Bradley afterwards probably admitted Rovers didn't play that well. Um, but also rightly pointed out that like they didn't, you know, Leon Paul didn't pretty much have a save to make in the game. But but obviously, if Derry had that pressure in the second half and then used it to create a chance that they took, I think it would have been fair. I don't think it would have been robbery. Like it's not like you know, the the, the sort of they were hanging in there at one nil either. And um, it was just a classic case of come and score against us if you're good enough, and Derry weren't good enough to do that. And I think that. So I, I think, you know, if you don't work the keeper when you're chasing the game, uh, you can't really complain about the outcome. Um, but I understand, like, I suppose that maybe where, where Higgins is coming from, they might have mentioned it in that interview uh, in the same detail. But when I, mean, I was at the game in the Brandywell last month where Rovers absolutely killed them, you know, um, it was only 2-0, but it was, I mean, it could have been any, like, it didn't matter, it was so emphatic. Like, Derry, there were glimpses of how they started the game last night. They had it matched up tactically. Um, but they just didn't have the players really to capitalise on maybe the plan that they executed. Yeah. And once Graydon went off, you know, they didn't have a counter-attacking threat really and you just knew that they were they were snookered. So we'll see. I mean, Higgins is bringing in, they've signed this player from Scotland, Paul McMullen, mm. it seems they're a very good pedigree. They're going to probably sign other players, but, um, you know they don't they don't score enough goals. No, um, and, and they don't hurt teams. And I think Rovers were there. I think this is my point, right? Rovers like were probably there to be asked tougher questions um, last night. I mean, like Rovers did give away a two goal lead last Friday. We have a few comments on this theme generally in the mailbag, but Derry just aren't good enough to exploit. Well, uh, Dan Rovers midfield three was like uh, Poom, Towel, and Jack Byrne. Like, so massive loss there, Gary O'Neill, really. And Derry started really well. They pretty much all the ball for the first, say, 10, 15 minutes. Um, Brandon Cavan had a great chance, um, poor enough by Sean Hoare, who then played well afterwards, a bit of a, a switch. Um, so they started really well, but like McGonagall just isn't scoring enough goals, record. And you're really thinking, okay, you're, you don't have McElhenney, 
you don't have Patching, you don't have uh, Duffy. But I actually think maybe Whelan could be the biggest loss of all because, like, the, the glimpses he was shown were so good. But the problem for Rory Higgins now is if he brings in which he has, he's brought in two new players. Um, for me, this might sound absolutely daft. I'd be more surprised if Derry won the league than they finished fifth at the moment. Does that make sense? No. I I, I, I understand your points. I understand your point where you're coming from. Um, but... Um, I know I don't expect them to win the league, but I mean, I, I know you, I know, I know what you're saying, but I don't think they're going to come fifth either. Like I think that Derry, if you look at it, what's more likely? But the glass half full take. I, I, I what's more likely? That's what I'm uh, saying. I'd be less. I'd be more surprised. Well, the, 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 the theory, the there's a lot of challenges ahead for Higgins. If you bring in players, you're you're further kind of adding to the squad, and you're further pissing off some members of that squad because they're not getting game time. And Derry haven't played well for about two months now, realistically. This is like that whole thing of a kid when a fight between a badger and a baboon or something. Really? Look, which, 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 which I don't, I, I don't know. Um, but I, which would be more like I think. Well, I mean, I'm just saying that like Derry are capable of going on some kind of winning run. But if they finish fifth, they need to fall off a cliff completely. I don't no, think that's going to happen. They, they would. I think they would. I think relative to their ability, I don't think the teams behind or around are like that would require. Like Bowes, Pats, and then Dog doing enough to all finish ahead of them. I'm just not sure I see that happening either. I think it's sort of like it's sort of like you're asking me to pick from two unlikely scenarios, and I, I don't really know. There are four like, I think, points about Bowes who two games and Bowes are fifty. Yeah, I'm going off a clip. I don't think it's going to happen. I'm just saying. I, I, no, no, no. I think about okay. It's just, I mean, it's a, it's just a, it's a hypothetical debate that just uh, it's, it's wasting our airtime. And they haven't played they, well for some time, Dan. No, they haven't. But like, the dramatic about it is, is that. Like the stats about Duffy, McElhenney, and Dummigan and Mark Conley not being there, mm. like they, they, those are facts. Like, it's true they have, and yet they're still that, and yet, and, and yet they're still second with that. You know what I mean? Like, like you would think this is the issue about this with the depth at the top end. Like Derry have had all that go wrong. You don't feel like they're doing well. Like you feel like they're probably not getting anywhere near maybe the levels they could be at, and they're still second. So I don't see how they end up finishing. You know, in in any scenario, I know you're not saying that they will, but like, you know, like could Shamrock Rovers get dragged into a European campaign that drops some points if Derry somehow won ten out of thirteen games or something? I don't think they're going to do that though. But I, I still feel they'll finish second. Yes, I definitely feel like they'll finish second uh, in the table. I'm just not sure the subs around them and are doing enough either to put a run together to to distance themselves from the others. My my take in the game. Rovers once it once they got a goal up, they managed the game and they were like even if we draw here, it's not the end of the world. We've Jack Burns went off, Ferruja went off, Gary O'Neill was out, a couple of other players, yada yada. But like I got no sense. Like fair enough, they could have could have nicked a goal down. But like if 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 Derry had scored say in the fiftieth minute, I think Rovers would just have started to dominate again. Yeah, no, I can understand that point. Yeah, I mean, I I mean, I would say though, like Ferruja was a big loss, and hopefully mm. he's okay. Like you take Ferruja's ball carrying ability. Mm team and it definitely neutralized them you know it just goes to show how one or two injuries at the right t- at the wrong time can cause you issues you know with Trevor Clark also out for long term like you know wing the energy of your wing backs particularly in Europe is very important and like having Clark and Ferruja uh, relative to like Sean Cavanagh technically excellent some great what about his passing last night down but, the time but, but Cavanagh and Gannon is very is a very different yeah, animal so it just totally. goes to show how like a team playing a particular way and uh, needs certain players in certain positions. So 
hopefully uh, Farouja is okay. But let's go to the mailbag. It's time for the all-new silk hand-stitch collar and cuff mailbag. Let's dive into those stylish electric telegrams while we're still young. Okay, so we'll hear from Pico uh, Lopez in a, in a couple of minutes. Mailbag-wise, um, Eamon Gallagher, so Mayo next. Welcome news. Meet after that. If so, will their rivals be Drogs, Dundalk, or Bo Shell? I'm not going to go into Mead politics today, Eamon. What is Mead? Where is Mead? What is life? Um, but the Mayo news is um, significant. I mean, Mayo FC, we, we sort of, like, we've had a, a, bit, a little bit of wind of, of this going on the last couple of weeks, all right. And it's now confirmed. I see um, all the greats were at the launch. Dara Kaliri, um this was fond of a of a of a, a gathering of people. Michael Ring, ah, come on, Michael Ring, leave Dara, leave Dara alone. Michael Ring, one of the most stupid, stupid, stupid ministerial changes ever. Because he went to bloody went to a gathering during COVID just because everyone said you can't leave Dara out of this. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, Tin, tinly veiled. <laughs> you're always, you're always, I have to say, you're always a fan of the Port of Hon politician, Johnny. Uh, <laughs> I don't, I always like how you stand up for the little man. That's what I like about you. Um, but Michael Ring, golf game was ridiculous, like absolutely can, uh, ridiculous. Go on, but anyway. it, well, they, but golf is sorry, but that's similar to. I mean, I'm just not going to end that role. But I mean, if you're setting the rules, if you don't, wherever your issue with the rules, if you're involved in setting them, you definitely don't break them. And um, we've had this slight issue with uh, with uh, with you know Boris Johnson's uh, political uh, party in Westminster. It's the same principle. Golfgate was a controversy, and uh, people deservedly were. We're punished for it. Michael Ring, um, the yeah, Minister for Sport, um, at a glorious time in the history of, of Irish football. But listen, you have to play the game. Yes. You know, like they're all there. Uh, I think the broader point with Mayo, it's a bit like, you know, it's like Kerry in the sense that they're going for the Mayo identity, the Mayo FC. And so, you know, that's like, you can already see the response to it being, being quite positive. Uh, they're not putting a date on the senior side. I'd imagine that's because there's no real date on the third tier and what's going to happen with that, um, which is one of these things that was in the strategy plan and then we're not sure where that stands. Um, but I'd imagine you probably, what well, you might see Mayo FC in that if, if it was to start like pretty soon. Um, so I think it's great. I mean, we'll, it's, it's, you know, it's like one of these hypothetical things we talk about all all over the years. It's why I, I like to carry things. It's coming to fruition and, and straight away, it's like you know you're you're filling in a little chart in Ireland where you you know you, you if a if a team is a county it goes dark you know we had all these sort of <laughs> light areas with no club and all of a sudden you've uh, you've tapped Kerry and Mayo it's like um it's like you ever did those things online like countries you've visited in the world and like you tap the country and it goes you know it goes from like grey to like blue so if you've been to Russia like you tap to Russia and you look and look at this. This man is well traveled. He's been all over the world. You've actually just been to Moscow, you know. But it looks like you've actually visited this whole yeah. landmass. But like we now have Kerry and Mayo like represented in the league, or will do when Mayo come on senior level, and that's a huge thing. Off the top but, of my head, Dan, really good League of Ireland players came from Mayo: Alan Murphy, Conor O'Malley, uh, Ryan Connolly, um, obviously uh, John Mountney, um, David Cawley. David Call. David Cawley's a Mayo man. He is Ballina, yeah. Oh, there we go. So that like they're, they're I think, Ronan Murray, Ronan Murray, Ronan Murray, yeah, from Belmullis. Um, they're actually all re- either still playing or relatively recent. I do remember thinking at one point a, a Mayo first eleven would be well able to compete in the League of Ireland. That's only a few years ago. So, so there's a you know 
there's a lot of a lot of good footballers in Mayo, um, and they've been a challenge between Galway United and Sligo at underage to kind of fight for the best players, and obviously this will change that hopefully. Yeah, Luke McNicholas as well. So, like, yeah. definitely for those clubs, like, I think for for Galway United and and Sligo Rovers, like, you know, they, uh, you know, Sligo Rovers Academy is a real success story, but they have pulled in players from the region, and you know, a, a Mayo coming along, um, it's challenging for those, but like that's exactly the type of challenge that you want. Like, you want more clubs in the league, and we'll probably do something more on this in due course. I mean, I know it's softly, softly in the sense that um, we're introducing the underage teams next year. Um, and you know it's it's step one, and you have to sort of you can't rush it either. Um, but I think it's a terrific thing, and and uh, yeah, it's a new rivalry. Joey Brown, uh, so Joseph Lennon also said, let's hope to get going with Kilkenny at Monaghan. Well, that's the thing. I think the Kilkenny thing now is probably Carlo Kilkenny together, yeah, potentially, and Monaghan might be the Cabot Monaghan thing. I think there's a few. Uh, Monaghan United comebacks have been talked about at various times. I think there's a few little local complications there that need to be resolved. What's that then? I wouldn't rule that. I, 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 you know what? I'm not going to spoof on it. Um, I was just told that politically, but they've they, they've had teams underage level. Um, but I think I suppose with all these things, like you need to figure out who's going to run these clubs. Like, like Mayo had an underage team before, but it was run by the Mayo Schoolboys League, Schoolboys Schoolgirls League. I just ran ran aground. And it was the Mayo Mayo League taking it on, and similarly in Kerry, it was the Kerry Schoolboys League, but it was the Kerry District League taking it on that propelled that. I feel like there's other parts of the country where you just need to you need to have a defined structure of who's going to run your team for starters. And I think in places where they don't have one yet, I think that's just what they need to resolve. Just you know, do you know what's what's interesting? Lastly, on this, like the two teams that have one has joined and one will join, it's both of the kind of a the, the county. Um, moniker so it's like yeah this, you know which is interesting because it's almost like you do need to tap into that ethos from the what's been long established in in the GAA of this like this county outfit it's definitely working for Kerry because Kerry haven't you know they've they've won one game and there's still like there's still a lot of interest there and as you mentioned Mayo this has already attracted the right sort of political interest um, and that's interesting going forward I think yeah you might just end up with like what the GAA possibly should be you know uh, a county per team in Dublin split into four, you know, mm. uh, and, and loud, of course, split into two, uh, which is a slight, uh, uh, a slight disclaimer. Um, but everyone else is uh, is going away. I'm Cork and Cove with all due yeah. respect. But uh, we're getting there. Jerry Thunder, are draw in trouble now with the loss of Freddie Draper and uh, we? Yeah, I think that's um, yes, that's a, that's a blow for them big time. John O'Connor was asking us who's going to finish ninth. Looks like it's going to be a very tight battle. I mean, Cork draw is a big game this Friday. Stigan Roberts was up last week. Bloody hell! And um, I heard they were dreadful. Uh, and like the Matic is dropped off three teams below them, and Ke- and Kev Darty would be very worried. Yeah, no, of course. I mean, well, like, we've said this before. I mean, Drogheda could have a very good season and finished ninth. You know, um, like I know there's investment coming in there, but there's 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 I don't know how quickly that's going to be enacted, and, and that could be more of a next season thing, really, realistically. So, um, I mean, Drogheda just need to survive. I mean, I feel like Drogheda when it comes to the crunch, like. I feel like they might just picking up enough points. Like I, it's weird. We Cork have had this amazing run. I watched them against Dundalk before the break, and there was a real difference ultimately between them and Dundalk when it came to it. You're like, no, yeah. Cork are probably where they deserve to be in terms of that battle. And you kind of wonder they've they've had that bounce. Can they sustain that? But then again, they might be doing stuff in the window too. So um, this is the point. Like the title race, we had a lot of mailbag comments asking for Johnny to call the race, of course. Um, but. The, the general point is that 
even if that race is sort of wrapped up, although I feel like Rovers with Europe, and it's so scattered the next 13 league games that it'll probably still be always there, you know, six, seven, eight points, it'll in theory be open. There's actually so much at stake in the other places that I think, you know, crowds and interests will sort of remain healthy because everyone else has something to play for. Big win for you today, by the way, but obviously it's, it's too much for them. But Dan, like the Rovers points tally of 46 and 23, that, that's bang average for a team that's leading the... But, you know, that's the idea with Rovers haven't actually had a great season at all so far and they're still sort of in second gear and seven clear. Yeah, so Kevin Hardy, we've had a few comments along those lines. Um, um, you know, how oh, the league, league, league is totally over. Kevin Hardy, yeah, well, thanks, Johnny. That's what we want. Uh, how how poor are Derry as a as a you know to be considered a, a title challenging side? Making the point, Kevin Hardy, a Cork fan, the top two wouldn't touch the previous levels of Cork and Dundalk. Now, I mean, here's the thing: like, well, we've probably touched on this with Pat Sandlin, so let's not repeat it. You definitely can ask questions about the quality of the team at the top, but then the flip side of that is, you know, I think that the middle is getting stronger. And you look at those leagues in 2016 and some of the teams that were six then, like, you know, you had a Shamrock Rovers team that could be beaten 5 0 at home by Cork. You know, they could still finish fourth, you know, the time, you know, when the Brennan brothers were there and, and a few of those, and they were just, they weren't, you know, I would, I would still believe that the teams that are sort of fourth at the moment will be better than that but it's true like the teams at the top have that little question mark over it. but like I don't know it's just dangerous like Joey Brown had a comment in about just the level of the Shamrock Rovers Derry game not being that good or would you be concerned about Europe but again you have to be conscious you're coming out with a break and then you have a Friday Monday game and Europe's around the corner like it's just the set of like you can get sucked into believing something about the levels and I mean, Europe probably will tell a tale and um, like you have that the dog Pats game on Monday and again like you could take good and bad for both sides from that and we've spoken about the favourable European draws but I think for all that we think all the clubs can go through we wouldn't be surprised if there was you know if one of them got turned over because yeah. you can't trust them you just can't trust them ultimately and and like you know the Dolphins have already conceded more goals or the same amount of goals now as in all of the league last season I mean Pats defensively Pats defensively are, are suspect I mean I think this is the thing. You like you feel like a knockout football, European knockout football, where if you fall behind against a team that just has an ability to you know to win, pardon my language, like it can you can just find yourself running out of time. So I think um, I mean, Europe is going to be fascinating, and and you know you feel like the clubs won't get much credit for winning from the wider public because of where the the, the teams they play in the countries they're from. But um, by no means a foregone conclusion. Jamie P. Is the Derry Astro a bigger bro- blow than Brian leaving Westlife? Mm. What does he mean by a blow? Well, well, I mean, it has it been a bigger setback to Derry than, you know, yeah. has, it weakened, has it weakened the band? I mean, you look at the band, I mean, you've got, you know, you've got sort of McElhenney, uh, Michael Duffy, Will Patching. I mean, I don't know how they equate to members of Westlife, but a lot of the stars are, are in the stands. So Westlife would be more Slugger Rovers people, really. But, you know, I remember when Westlife played at half time in a live game and I O U they were called. That was that's a, that's a good shout. I remember that could have been the game where like the quality of League of Ireland games on TV and, and I mean this the nice possibly and I was an advocate of League of Ireland at the time in, in, in when it was very hard to be. Uh, the quality was so bad. I do remember Wesley Charles. Um, he went. He did a tackle on somebody kind of around the touchline. 
And Pat Dolan was doing co-commentary and Pat Dolan practically had an orgasm live on air at the quality of Wesley Charles' tackle, which put the ball out for a throw about 70 yards from goal. And I was like, well, if we're really, really getting hyped up about a fella who's putting in a tackle that puts the ball out for a throw, um, and Pat was genu- genuinely really energised with this, like, the football is absolutely shite. And that could have been the same game. Yeah. If you think about it, like, uh, a band called IOU was, like, perfect for League of Ireland yeah. of the year. It's just... Most contractual, actually. most contractual arrangements could have been described as the same. Uh, <laughs> League of Ireland, IOU, IOU. <laughs> yeah, it's like, where's the money? Uh, I mean, like, I mean, honestly, like the RC stuff. I mean, the parallels between that and and the FCI of the trench is is actually genuinely extraordinary. Another one, Dan. Another yeah, one, yeah. Like, you know the way I did a bit of work uh, at the Greyhound Derby last year, right? So I was told. Um, I met Ivan Yates this morning. Ivan was actually in News Talks talk about uh, RT and that. And Ivan goes, it's, it's, it's back, I believe. They're going to show the Derby again next year. Do you think I'm going to get a slot? Because, of you know, I have been kind of a bit critical of the, you know, the, the Greyhound and Racing Fund. My work has kind of dried up in general. Maybe, let, let's see what happens. Well, I don't know. I mean, like, as I said, my, I mean, my, 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 uh, my, my stance on the Greyhounds, I mean, so my best friends are Greyhounds. But like uh, some some like family, my family like had dog that won the Oaks in Shelburne there two weeks ago. So uh, on my mother's side, so like I I know the Greyhound game as well. But um, it's still you know you can you can you can have that interest in the sports and respect them while still acknowledging that the uh, the funding of it is a is a shambles. So we'll see. There's a dull day for football on uh, July the twelfth. I think there's some people for football in the Kilnair Street this week as well too. No, but anyway. Uh, Jack is asking our bow was the closest in the title race five behind it to win the two games at hand I mean here's the thing because they didn't because these games have been brought forward for the European clubs like uh, yeah, on paper you know bows you can do that calculation but our bow is playing well enough at the moment that you would trust them to I think to, Pats yeah, missed a trick last night Dan where like if Pats had won that game it's a really really poor goal to give away with 11 v 10 if Pats had won that game give them a little bit of a, a little bit of hope um, but I don't see any type not a huge amount between those sides. Now, Pat Shells last week, this is the problem. We focused on the Monday games when like last Friday was obviously um um a bit a bit crazy. Um you know, in many ways, you know, Damien Duff been sent off last Friday, but didn't know he was sent off. I mean, this is the thing, like if they would have met his gesture towards the fans after the Pat Shells game, everyone has seen the gesture on video. I think there might have been a little one before it as well. Um and goes down the tunnel and we had this absolutely ridiculous saga of it was on the FBI Connect after Duff had been sent off but then Charles people were saying he wasn't and I was thinking well I didn't see the red car being produced and we actually had to wait around myself and Gary Doyle uh, former co-host um, to wait for the officials to come out you're not really allowed to talk to the officials but I mean in fairness to Rob Hennessy and his team they did actually confirm to us that that the that Damien Duff had been sent off now I think the the debate here, I think you're probably going to see an appeal here depending on how it pans out. But this Damien Duff gesture to the fans, was he like sticking his fingers up at the crowd or was he just doing a sort of a, that sort of up yours type salute? I mean, it is ridiculous when you're analysing uh, a salute to, you know, figure out the severity of what he actually meant by it. Like, I don't think Pat's fans were particularly offended. They just more so thought it was hilarious. Uh, it was kind of like an, an anti-sexual thing or something. Like I don't know what he was trying to do. Yeah, like it was, it was something, you know. Mm-hmm. And like I mean, I don't know. Like we talk about sort of uh, of course, hard the game last night. Then you shouldn't be getting a. I don't think you should be getting like a lengthy ban for that. I mean, 
like you know, if a player after a goal sort of gestures in the direction of fans, you, you condemn it. But is it is it a red card offence or a big ban? Like I, I don't once in, in Mount Joy with all the Bose fans. <laughs> uh. <laughs> oh, uh, careful now. Sean McAllister saying follow on from off the ball. Damien Duffin shell straight to the Irish job. You're right. To be clear, we were having a discussion about this on Saturday. I'm not saying that in his current guise, uh, Damien Duff would get the uh, the Ireland job. My point would be that if, if and, and there's actually an event this Friday in the Aviva Stadium where the uh, the Shell's ownership, uh, Acon, the Turkish Simon, yes. etc. They're doing a press conference on Friday. Now, uh, my point would be that if or if David Duff went on to like do something like Stephen Kenny at Dundalk with Shells, you know, or Stephen Bradley at Rovers and uh, with Shells, as in winning three or four leagues, that I think because of Damien Duff's profile, he would actually get more of a shake at the Irish job than other candidates. I'm not saying Damien Duff would go from sixth place Shells to Ireland job of course not uh, I wasn't suggesting that David Watts asking do you think the fans but a camera are still in Damien Duff's head I mean this is the thing so the Cranberries were nascent in the league I was walking out of Pats yes. last week and, and you could hear Z- the zombie was playing in um, you see my uh, video from Limerick on Friday night on, on Instagram like in fairness Limerick does Limerick goes a bit mad for the Cranberries apparently you do well I mean at least you can accept, you can understand that. we had a few comments about Ender Curran's goal for Treaty uh, as well which was a it was a good goal, but again, the old picks a lot yeah. uh, makes it hard to to appreciate. Kevin Walsh, I did, I do agree with this for the mailbag. Gavin Malloy surely has to be one of the most underrated players in the league. Um, Shell's best player in any position he plays for so still in twenty one. Like he was playing basically in the middle of the back four last week. We were back four when he had the ball. Um, Shells, you know, like Gavin Malloy is so good. Um, very, very good. Player. I might give Kevin the the mailbag prize just for an astute football observation. Um, Daniel Shields, Damien McGrath consistently the talking point in every game he officiates. Again, like I mean, refs were in the spotlight last week, and I will point out, fellow out boy does say the ref for Bowes Rovers was actually quite good. That was Neil Doyle, and it feels fair to call it out, and do appreciate that balance to praise a good refereeing performance. Um, but Damien McGrath, yeah, the 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 Tullock sending off to me looked ridiculous. Um, with Mark Doyle the second yellow, I don't agree with that at all. Rob Hennessy then last night we well, fucked. The crop, Ray, Hennessey, if I haven't seen this, this is this is kind of sad because Ryan Graydon goes over uh, in the box, Pico Lopez challenge. It does not look a penalty, but I'm thinking, I don't necessarily think he's dived there, but the referee obviously is confident that there's a bit of simulation. But then, then there's this kind of, like this beautiful almost like cartridge mode where he's waiting to book the player for simulation, but the player has gone down clearly injured from the tackle and isn't getting up and then goes off injured whilst he's being booked. So it's all a bit yeah. Quite literally adding insult to injury. Uh, Emma McCauley, uh, what do you think of the hatred of my rival fans regarding Bowes' tribute to Christy Dignam? I look, that's just like, that's the online discourse. It just shows how toxic it is in a lot of ways. And like the League of Ireland, like you, you see it on Friday nights, it's crazy. And, and people will, in the world of fandom, can see only things, they can only see things through one set of eyes, their club's eyes. And you'll have nonsense comments, but like they are the small minority a lot of the time. And I mean, the money they raised uh, between them for. Um, the hospice, uh, the Bowes Rovers gesture is incredible. No. Irish Supple retweets. Yeah, I noticed in the Netherway podcast, uh, just wondering if you guys any information. Was Darby Keane ever offered a job in the League of Ireland? He was by Dundalk. Um, um, but yeah, I mean, McCabe money would be would be bigger than that. Well, not bad money. Um, yeah, a few other comments. Paul Ogan, when are the LOI Central climate change and food specials going to be recorded? We'll probably come back for that. Um, we're not going to go there today. Um, Rossi Mc. Uh, and who has the biggest wages in the league? Is there any player in the league making close to 100k per year? There oh, definitely is. Rob, how many players on over 100k a year? Yeah. Making more than that. Oh, 
I don't know. Um, I'm not sure if it would quite be double figures, but it would mm. be it'd be enough. Um, um, oh, I, I can think of a couple of Pats, a couple of Derry, a couple of Rovers. Um, yeah, for, for sure. I'm not sure if anyone opposed and all could be there. Uh, depending on some players there, their peak six comments contracts would have been. So maybe, yeah. Ah, uh, listen, yeah, they they do exist, Rossi. They're definitely out there. That's for sure. So, um, maybe um, all League of Ireland players should uh, proclaim what wages they're on. Actually, that would be great, wouldn't it? Yeah. You can just imagine. You can imagine that times in the past where like players could have come out and declared their wages. Like, just giving an interview and like Gary Dempsey or someone would be like, just for the sake of uh, clarity, I am being paid. There, uh, there, are, there are some brilliant Gary Dempsey I mean Gary Dempsey I mean Jesus Christ Gary Dempsey yeah. I mean we, we made the mistake of interviewing Gary Dempsey about football topics when he was mm. a player in the league he, he could have been talking about so much more um, I do know, love the you underestimate him I do we, we'll have to get to Georgia shortly I do love the anecdotal stories about like a manager offering a player 50 nicker a week telling the club that he was giving him 100 pocketing the 50 in between and getting away with it until somehow it just comes off and it's like, oh, that's what you've been doing all along. And this actually did happen. Oh, no, there you go. I owe you again, uh, a different time. Anyway, before we go to Georgie, we have to do our quiz business. As I said, last week's question was, can we name the uh, last year where all of the League of Ireland clubs lost in the first round? That was 2013. Paul Hogan um, takes the glory. Uh, he got a mailbag question in too, Paul. It's so weird, Dad. Like, I was watching Crocodile Dundee for the first time in years at the weekend, and then Paul Hogan. Um, coincidence? And yeah, there we go. Well, I mean, if, is he even alive? Um, I'm not sure. But either way, um, yeah, he, he, he's alive. I'm sure. If he is, a, either way, he's alive in our in our hearts in the mailbag, and uh, he is he's he's getting a tour of uh, Raskinsbury, Paul Hogan. Uh, this week's question is: It's not a European team, so. Uh, and I feel like this this has been the question for a mailbag before, but you know what? We're doing seven seasons of this show. We can't always be original. Um, can people name the former Dundalk striker who scored against a League of Ireland club for an Icelandic team um, in recent memory? So he's played for Dundalk and he scored against the League of Ireland club uh, for a team from Iceland. Um, and I say Iceland is just... I mean, there's a good chance you could have a couple of clubs in Iceland this year, depending on how various things work out. But um, okay. that is the question. One of those people, Pico, L- Pico Lopez is one of those people. And Pico have- Lopez does recall that comment in uh, Crocodile Dundee. If it's true what you say about this Dundee, it's lucky we brought the kryptonite. Because that's, that's Pico, isn't it, Dan? It is, it is. And it's Pico Lopez speaking to you after the game. On one day. I didn't get that reference. I'm just going to gloss over it. Here's Pico. Piccolo has been quite interesting few days for you, actually. Another qualification for your uh, home country. Yeah, definitely. It's been a, it's been a great, I suppose, international break. Uh, coming back down like after high and then to, to follow up with a, a point of daily amount and three points here. It's been brilliant. Like So, uh, yeah, it's just no rest for the wicked. And some, I'm in a really good place at the moment. I was just looking at you tonight there, like, and you seem to be carrying the swagger or confidence around the pitch. Is that something you take from playing that international football or, or am I taking this? all wrong yeah no not really I suppose it's something that I, like, I take from playing this team I know I'm surrounded by, by really good players and I know that like when we're at it like we, we can cause a threat to any any uh, team in the league or in Europe we, we, we back ourselves like it's just a confidence I suppose you, you get in playing in this group like and uh, look I, I try to try and like show the rest of the players like to, to stick their chest out and believe in themselves like because what we have here is really good when you were playing like the likes of Sadio Mane what did that feel like did you feel like yeah I'm, I'm ready for this like, I can do it 
Yeah, like I suppose you, you have to be like because like, I've I've always been one like where I, I don't want to show someone too much respect like again at the end of the day there's a match there to be won and if I'm thinking about who I'm playing or like these stars like I'll make the wrong decisions like so I've always sort of try to downplay who they are and just focus on my job at hand and what I can control and uh, yeah it doesn't doesn't matter what playing play I up against like I know I have to do a job to do and uh, try and do that to the best of my ability. Have you changed your shorts or they still kind of up to your breast no, like? No, it's, they're still that round my chest yeah. already. Yeah, I get me shorts in, in chest size now. Like, so it causes the kid man a, a bit of a headache but that's just something for me it keeps me uh, switched on like it's something we've I've done for years now and look I thought about changing it but it's it's gone well with me so I won't yeah you look great um, <laughs> just the Rovers thing you're seven clear now I know the title's not won but you're in a good place I suppose yeah we well, are yeah, that was our, our aim now come back off the break can we kind of keep that gap uh, between ourselves and, and Derry and the rest of the teams and, and we've done so that so yeah it's just we need to keep doing our, our job here it's on to the next one a tough game against the Dog Friday that we'll, we'll look forward to and yeah we just need to keep this run going How is Neil Farouge actually because everyone's obviously hoping from a, I suppose, a neutral perspective he'll be all good yeah, like just speaking there, there it doesn't look too bad. I think it was more precautionary, and there's no one who knows his body better than, than Neil, so he'll be doing everything to make sure he's right to, to go again. Like um, it doesn't look too bad, which is which is a good thing. But also the lads that came in, Sean Gannon came in, was was brilliant again, and he, he stepped up to the plate, and that's what we're going to need from the, the boys in the squad. It's the quality of your technical footballers. Like how does that compare to I guess some of the games against African opponents? Like you say, Jack Poom, Burke, the way they pass the ball at times, Farouge and all these lads, good players. Like yeah, no, it actually really helps me because it's, it's a similar sort of way you have to play internationally there's probably a lot more time on the ball but you have to use the ball correctly and you have to back the players in your team and look when I have players like, like Borky like Jack or like Sean Cavan actually and, and Sean Cavan like you want to give them the ball your natural instincts is to go here make me look like a good player and um, like so playing with these guys week in week out actually really helps my international football. I guess it's been a nice story for Leon Pauls as well that he's gotten such a run of games and a lot of clean sheets. Yeah, Leon's been fantastic. I think, um, look, he's, he's worked really hard uh, in the background while Al has been in goal. Um, it's, it's a hard life being a second-choice keeper and he's got his opportunity now. I think he's shown everyone that he's a really, really good keeper and he works really hard and I think week in, week out, you can see him growing confidence and that's sort of uh, escalating to the rest of us and he's, he's been great for us as, as a back four, his, his info and his passing and, and his saves as well. Like His clean sheets are, are probably attributed to him, like not just ourselves. Fine. Finally, just Europe. Um, last season, you got into the group and then sort of struggled in the group. What did you make of last season? And is that like something that's a big ambition for you this year? Yeah, I think the, the goal last year was to qualify for the group stages. We did that, um, but we still need to look after the league as well, our bread and butter. Like as well as this year, we, we want to be in a position um, where we qualify again and give it a right go. But we, so last year, you kind of did say like, okay, we have to concentrate in the league <coughs> now that we're in the group yeah, stages. I, or like? I think so. I think it was, it was very tight last year, and we need to make sure that we were in a really strong position in the league before we probably go fully commit. Um, to the European games um, but I think this year with the squad again that we have like we're in a really good position to, to fire on all fronts and, and that's what we that's what we want to do we want to be there competing on everything Thanks very much for your time Yeah so that was Pete with Johnny I know Johnny you forgot to mention to him on air that um, he'd just been playing in Morocco recently in front of like 50,000 people um, and the Morocco World Cup squad which was um, a great experience and that's the thing it's the um the life of a footballer. We've got Georgie Kelly joining us here now. Georgie, fresh from his like second day of preseason at Rotherham. But I was just thinking, like Pico was talking off air to Johnny about like does the atmosphere in Morocco blow in his mind? I'm just thinking, in your what 18 months or so in England now, is there any venue you've been to where you were like, because I didn't realise this would be that good or this atmosphere would be that good or what would the standout places you've played in now, um, in, in your new football life? Uh, oh, there's been some serious stadiums. Um, 
this league's follow them. Every club, because there's all, they're all, most clubs are extra every clubs and yeah. they up the championship level. Um, the one for me, and I probably should have known this, but I didn't. I didn't cop the size of it was Sunderland. Even even in, in uh, when we played them in League One, um, huge club. Like, we played them on a Tuesday night, and there was, I think there might have been 30,000 there, and like on a Tuesday night in the middle of January or whenever it was. Like, um, but that for me, that was probably the, the loudest and the noisiest. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, some some massive clubs, Jesus, and the grounds are all unbelievable. Like, uh, yeah. So, Georgie, you now you're just back in pre season. So, I'm guessing, you know, championship football are now. You're, you're, you're off-season, probably you beat there for three weeks, Vegas for three weeks, uh, you know, uh, sort of various sort goodbye. of... Goodbye. 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 Yeah, that's a few, in, few influencers, I'm guessing, you know, you've you've been to a few nice restaurants. Like, I don't know, what have, what have you been up to in your off-season? Well, it's not as glamorous. Um, I, I've just been... See, my missus is kind of in-season at the minute. Um uh, competition wise so I was kind of traveling around with her let's remind us who your girlfriend is again she's a Kate, Kate O'Connor she's a heptathlete an Irish heptathlete mm. um, I just tagged along with them she was in camp on, on hot weather warm weather camp like they were at Tenerife for a while then she was off to she had a comp in Radigan there a couple of weeks ago in Germany okay. uh, so I've just been following her around um, video videographer lifting bits and pieces raking that is true love that is true love yeah. I'm telling you. What nice her, couple. So she's a athlete. Like, what would her, like, uh, I mean, sporting prowess, what would her sort of main strengths be? It's sort of interesting, like, your two athletes, like, you know, what you sort of look at their world and go, God, I really admire what they do in this department because there's a great discipline in the, in, the, in the individual athletes as opposed to, like, the team sport uh, or the individual sport sort of mindset. Yeah, it's... Uh... Oh, getting an insight into it, it's crazy. Like the amount of time they spend on their own, um, they need to be. I, what I can see anyway, like and she doesn't like me saying this, but if you're an individual athlete, you need to be that little bit selfish. I feel. Mm. Let's say if you be like get to the top, because it's all about you. Like it's me, me. Everything needs to be about you. Whereas that's where I see the little bit of a difference between human sports and and hers. You need that little bit of this is me and I, I'm. It's all about me. Like um, she has a little bit of that fairness. She's pretty ruthless like but um no it's cool the amount the load they do especially the big athletes and heptathletes the load is ridiculous the amount of training they do they're all day nine to fives most days of the odd day off um crazy like crazy way more than us um but yeah as you said because it's such a balance between throwing jab she'll be doing javelin one minute and then she'll be going doing long jump and high jump and so it's mad like it's um pretty cool you know have you found this level of training um, much different for you compared to the League of Ireland? Um, not, not that much. Um, probably because I like I haven't been playing ninety minutes every week. Um, mm. the, the big difference is the load in games. There's forty six. We play forty six games more because of cup games and stuff. So if you're playing every game, it's intense. Like, but then because of, when I'm not. The training isn't that heavy because the, you know, the, we have so many games. You know what I mean? Saturday, Tuesdays, whatever. So I've I haven't found that 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 severe preseason be tough over here. Uh, definitely does be a bit tougher than, than what I've been used to. But I couldn't I wouldn't be like screaming saying, "Oh, my, the load's huge more," because it's that's my that's been my experience. You know. Yeah, and what's your contractual situation now? Because like you've 
so far it's you mean you, you're a championship player um you got to consider like it's kind of like a lot done more to do yeah um like a couple of injuries had me a te- oh, terrible another Fianna Fáil reference there Dan by the way <laughs> uh, awful injuries were awful time for me last year I just want to have a full season now where I can see what I can do here um, I have two more years left here um, which is nice like um, but yeah no I just want to see how this year goes now if we can survive again it'll be a big a big achievement because the, the league's awful tough league like Jesus so competitive yeah, I mean the, the the difference between the championship and league one. Then, um, like, what what is it? I mean, is it just? I mean, it sounds very basic. It's just a better standard of player. Things happen quicker. Sometimes people say you go up the levels. You you maybe it's more of a Premier League thing. You might get more time on the ball at times in some ways too. I don't know what's the what was the championship jump like? Yeah, that that question is always different depending on who you ask and positions and yeah. teams and styles and stuff like. For me, it hasn't been too bad. Um, like my game is literally just one headers, flick things on, get into the box, and physicality wise, I've probably really? dealt with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about like linking up play and all that? Ah, well, little bits and pieces like it, but essentially, I have to find a center half, like and and hold it and get whatever. But uh, so that jump to the championship hasn't been too. Uh, I need to fuck what I say. It hasn't been too much. It hasn't made a big difference, like um. You get a lot of ball playing center halves in the championship. A lot of kind of center halves here, slider and and you know it just depends. It all styles makes five six, so it all depends. But um, you have some real top top players, 30, 40 million pound players like the go and score goal out of nothing. It's the same as anything. Once you go up, then the the probabilities of teams scoring out of nothing increases. Like you know what I mean. Um, but it's been uh, some experience. Like, yeah. do do you? Uh... I just like you obviously have Val Benny at Rotherham. I'm not sure what his future holds, but you do have that sort of exodus of players from the League of Ireland in the last couple of years. And I know most of them went to League One, but I don't know that you see many of them around the place. When I mean, you had Andy Lyons at Blackpool, and and uh, you know you would have obviously been with him for uh, a time, and and a few others like knocking around. I mean, they've done okay, haven't they? Like the likes of Promise and and um, Danny Mandrew, Owen Toll. Um, Okay, like Ed McGinty hasn't played as much, and Dawson Devoy went down. You know, Dara Burns didn't happen, but like, there's a lot of you have gone in the last sort of couple of years, and it feels like it's just you know you've, you've all done reasonably okay. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what your assessment of it would be. No, I w- I would have said yeah, I've done. Most of us done fairly well. Like that. yeah, like that's big clubs. Like they're going to like own toll there is going and st- slotted straight in and a really good boat side like. Um, as I said, Promise has been flying. I've been linked with moves. Um, Dawson, they were unlucky. They uh, they could have done. MK Dawson could have done with take them down. Like that's a real hit for them, which is a pity. But like overall, I don't know what you what you're. Andy Lines as well. Like Andy Lines was flying at the end of the season. and Andy has been. Um, and he'll probably stay there for another year. But he he would have no shortage of suitors. I would imagine that's how well he's done in the, in the few months. Personally, I, I, I think, Jordy, sorry, I, I think their expectations can be a little bit unrealistic here. Like, as you say, like, Owen Toll has gone into, like, he's gone into a massive club in Bolton. And, like, with the, with all due respect, the championship, we'll say, is one of the top 10 leagues in the world. And then you've League One. Like, this is not the League of Ireland, with all due respect. Yeah, 100%. People don't realise, I think, the size of the clubs and the stature and the budgets that they have over here. Like, um, 
uh, and the difference between the top of the championship or the say the bottom of the championship and the top of League One, they're not much in it. Like it's the same no. um like that Bolton side could pin it up to a lot of teams and what did they end up finishing? You know, uh, they did they make playoffs, I don't think so. Well, like, they, they, yeah, they didn't quite make it, but they were they were there, there they were knocking on the door, yeah. Uh, real, real, real good standard life. Yeah, I mean, I think um, the the point. And I'm not going to get you into trouble. Obviously, your your manager had comments about like you know the the League of Ireland levels and stuff. But I think the broader point is like I I feel like and I think the players have done well. I think there's probably an unrealistic expectation in the sense of like people remember Seamus Coleman going to the Premier League and and you know uh, sort of Kevin Doyle in the Premier League in a very short space of time and James McLean even was was very quick now I think it's just harder to do that now because yeah. um, you know players are more ex- I, I just feel like the pathway is it, it's more likely you're going to go to League 1 or, or Championship um, and then see how you go um, but I kind of wonder now it does feel like the guys that have gone the next, last 12 to 18 months that I'm not the, the levels of respect that are ever going to exist in England I'm not sure if they're ever going to jump dramatically for the league here um, but it does feel like more players are going to make that jump, surely. Like, you know, I'm sure you you probably pick it up that they are watching the league here a lot more. You know, we know that there's people at our games all the time. Yeah, hundred percent. It'll it'll be more um more common. Like what I ta- what I couldn't believe is, and obviously the market's open now, is like the cost and the the, the money the clubs demand for say like a League Two player, a good League Two player who's maybe like looking to go top of League One Championship. May cost five hundred k or more. Mm. Or, I think five, six, seven hundred k, even more. Like so, and and in that sense, and if you can get a good player in the League of Ireland, there, there, it's it's clubs are seeing it as a bargain. Like kind of at the minute, clubs are also kind of strapped for cash, is what I've heard. Um, oh yeah, they're struggling now in regards to buying players. That they're they're wanting players. They're wanting swap deals. They're wanting different bits and pieces. So that that Ireland option that the the market in Ireland is going to be. Um, I would say you'll see it wrapping up massively now over the next. To the next half season, January time. Yeah, I mean, the, I think that like Dan has spoken about this a lot. Like the, a lot of the clubs, like from you know the championship down, their financial basket cases, and like a lot of clubs actually around the sort of northern north of England region have had obviously big trouble. Bury just coming back now in some shape forward. Have you your time away as as has absence made the heart grow fonder for the League of Ireland in any sense? If that makes sense. A little bit, yeah. Like, to be honest, I don't uh, watching some of the games and stuff. I um, I don't fucking envy it. I'd rather, like it. As as I said, for me, like playing some of them games in the League of Ireland was just as tough as playing the championship because you're up against like real solid. You're talking about Pico Lopez there earlier. Like Pico's as tough as center half. I've come up as I've come up against anywhere. Like so, for me, I don't I don't envy and bit back. Like I watch the games. I think God, this is this is good standard. Like yeah, even though the game last night, I know it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't either side didn't didn't kind of hit hit peak performance. But earlier in the season, I remember watching Derry and Rovers. Um, it goes in the Brandywell, like real, real good standard. Like both teams had good sides out. Um, so yeah, I don't uh, I don't damn me being back. Like, but yeah, you do miss it. Yeah, you liked us at the sorry, Dan. Yeah, Dan's liked me at the top. I said you'd four former clubs, which you had, but you also had Derry City. What have you made of it this season? Yeah, Derry. It's, uh, I I would have predicted a few people asked me at the start of the year. I thought Derry were going to give Rogues a real good go, and they might still like. But um, I'm sure they'd be probably a little bit disappointed where they're at now. Like, um, yeah. So I and I know injuries just killed them a little bit. Plus, um, listen, I, I don't know. Other than that, Bose kind of fell off a little bit, which is 
probably expected. Um, they had a great start, like, but yeah, I don't, I don't know why. It's, it's, yeah, it's a little bit. I don't know what you think. It's a little bit frustrating, kind of seeing now that in regards to the title challenge is probably gone a little bit. Um, I don't know if you want to say that. I don't know if you want to say that or not, Johnny. But it's going to be hard to see Gary making it, making a push for it. Like, what's kind of the point? Because I think that, like, on paper at the start of the year. They have a good enough side there to, to, to challenge Rovers, I think. I thought anyway, and it's just injuries and a couple of bad results. But well, I used to, I used to get slagged in racing that I tip a horse right, and um, a fella used to say that his owl had always said if Johnny Ward tips a horse back at the following day, right, and that actually like that 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 people. So I used to tip wrong horse right day, blah blah blah. I said Rovers were title winners in in waiting. They were. They've won the title every season since, like, just not that season. And if Rovers are seven points down on Derry last night, I'd still make Rovers favourites. So if they're seven points up on them, I don't know, Dan, even maybe York. Ah, uh, yeah. No, the, I, I think it's... um, No, I, we're not optimistic about the title race here, but it, it's more a case of, like, you watch Derry... I don't know what, what, what you think when you watch Derry, um, Georgia, because I know you've done a, you did a co-commentary at a Bowes game in, in Datamount as well. To, uh, was that against Derry potentially was it was that both Derry I think that game. like I, I feel like you know another ex-UCD player Colin Whelan has just been so unlucky that to me and it's no reflection on the strikers that are there but it, it does feel like they just they just lack that something in the final third you know it, maybe it's just that option that real that that sort of 10, 15, 20 goal a season striker just seems to have eluded them yeah um, yeah like I know the last couple of weeks King Kamenek came in and, and, and played well. I seen him against Pats and I thought he was very good. He scored mm. that night. Um, but yeah, it's it, it, like it's consistency kind of. They don't they keep chopping, and changing and switching. And like that night at Bowes, they played like a false nine, which shows that they, um, really probably doesn't have uh, ball conviction in in, in whoever his number nine is. Um, like if you're going to be number nine, what helped me at that time when I was at Bowes is that I knew I was probably playing, you know, every week, and that's massive because that they. It's all about confidence and and getting through these little ruts and things like. But I knew it was I was likely going to play every week because we didn't have much else at that time. Um, or whereas there they're chopping, changing, and trying to you know it's all about kind of flow as a striker. Like and you need a good run and and you need to be feel feel comfortable. Like but I don't know that that is seems to be a little bit of a missing piece. But you can't you can't look past Mickey not be like Mickey's huge for that for that side. They're a different team when they have him. Like um, yeah, back there for. Was a couple a month or a few weeks, and he was he was flying again. He was sitting, he was back to his best, like, and then he's out again. I don't I don't know how long he's out for. Is he? Yeah, they're unclear, but I mean it is true. Like the, the points average per game when he does play versus when he doesn't play. I mean there is a pretty um pretty substantial difference. So I don't think you can underestimate. But I wonder who do you like watching in the league at the moment? I know you have like, like your former clubs that you have to keep up with, and you've got sort of three friends at various clubs, but. Um, if you're on LOI TV, if you're on a Friday night in a hotel in England or something, and you're you have a choice choice of games, who are you drawn to? Or? I don't know. Something always draws me to to Dundalk because they do have a lot of mates and stuff there. Um, so they always tell you if, if Dundalk are playing anyone, yeah. top off the table, I'll try and watch that. Like um, the optics of a game yeah. in Oriel, of course. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, <laughs> the aesthetic. <laughs> um, but I do so I do always draw on the Dundalk. Like and I always think they're just ready to spark and go on a run. And then there's always a setback or a red card or a something that kills them. But anyway. Yeah, what do you make of them? From what you've seen of them then? What do you think? Yeah, I d I don't know. I think they're, they're again they're another side that's probably gonna have a big 
summer window um, with players and stuff. It's just, again, I haven't really found that solid. A couple of injuries and Andy Boyle's been out and the consistency in their side. Like, uh, when any team's chopping and changing and and, and moving around and maybe change formation, it's always hard to, to get that consistency. Like, and that's always a, a bit of a red flag, but they've hung in there. Like, I think they're, are they three points off the area or four, or four off the area? Like, they're yeah. red in there. They're in the mix for and anyone. I'm sure them, Stevie themselves, would probably say that they haven't had a good you know, season so far, but yet they're still right there. So I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't write them off having a good second half of the year. Now. Yeah, and congratulations to Patrick Owen for his record-breaking antics at the weekend. The Dawk have, uh, have had a remarkable run of late as well, of getting uh, wins from losing positions or getting draws from losing positions, including um, against uh, Pats where they um, Pats had an extra man and uh, did have the um, scoring chart up there, but um, Pats... Yeah, but is... it's... Uh, yeah, they, they've, they've, I think Hope was a nine for the season now. He's on second top now, actually, yeah. But Dundalk, like, I think they've gone behind in 16 out of 20 mm. games. Like, they've set themselves these tasks. But, I mean, I mean, we should talk about the Hoban record, but it's a funny one for you, Georgie, because I suppose your career probably went to the... Like, what way would your career have gone, you wonder, if you were picked ahead of Hoban at that point? You know, you had this incredible uh, talismanic figure for Dundalk that was ahead of you that eventually meant that you had to go in another direction. And you've ended up playing in the championship, which is terrific. But it's it's the sliding doors nature of football because it was very hard for you to dislodge him from that team because of the presence that he was at that club. Yeah, oh, it's funny. You could think there's loads of little moments and and situations that could have changed, could have changed your trajectory, like and where you end up. Um, yeah, but at the same time, then it was probably really valuable having seeing Pat like past top top striker like all his day. Pat's as good as any he could play. You know, as you know, like. Um, so having him been around that at that age, um, I probably wasn't ready then either to, uh, you know, I was a slow and kind of a later developer. I probably wasn't ready to be playing to be a number nine figure and I can have that kind of pressure um, to go and score goals at, at 20 or 21. But um, so to be honest, I probably needed that. Like it wasn't, you know, I needed someone like Pat to be there. It probably would have been worse for me in my career if I had been thrown in somewhere uh, or signed somewhere else and, and been, every pressure being thrown on me like. But uh, yeah. No, Pat was great for me. God, he's um, probably one of the like, best goal scorer in League of Ireland history, potentially. Like, um, he's I don't know where he is in the actual score charts in League of Ireland. Is he? Yeah, he's got a bit to go to. I mean, Brendan Bradley and Jason Byrne are like a long oh, way. But, like, we don't know like how far, how long he keeps going. But it's funny because like I mean, I don't know how many, how much time you actually spent on the pitch with him. I can think of like certain games where you went, you know, Dundalk were chasing it, and you come off the bench and you were both on, but. You see now, like te- a lot of teams are playing more of a back three now with two strikers. Like, could you and him have played together? Do you think was there a spinability? I think as the years got went on, Pat, like Pat's kind of uh, shifted and transitioned his game a little bit. He drops a little bit deeper at times now, and he's good at that. Like, um, so maybe whereas I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't be able to do that as much. Um, at the time, we were fairly similar, um, and no, I don't think we started one game together. Like, um, as a best bad. But uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Maybe never know. Yeah, his his scoring rate this season. Um, it's interesting just looking at um the BBC website has like the stats in terms of goals per ninety minutes. But his goals per ninety minutes is zero point five six, which is is very very good. Um, it's pretty much the highest up there. I think apart from Aaron Green. But um, I I, I feel that as well, George. I don't think he gets enough credit for how good he is outside the box. Remember that pass to to Patrick McElhinney for the goal in, in, in Holland as well. It was brilliantly weighted pass and uh, 
Yeah, fair play to him. I mean, myself and uh, the Hoovenator, we've had a bit of crack along the way. I think he's um, I think he's a hell of a striker. Nah, he is. He's um, some goal, yeah. Is he sound, though? Like, I mean, is he actually a sound lad? If you're playing, if you're the deputy striker, is he just a nightmare? No, he's not. Pat's all right. He's dead all like, um He's he's ruthless, and that's what. Yeah. And you you need to be if you want. You don't you don't be you don't have, like break them records if you're not ruthless. Like, are you too nice to be a proper? Fan? I thought I was speaking, George. You're on about the heavy athlete being selfish. I was yeah. like, you could be. A lot of people would say that's exactly what a striker needs to be too. I'm sorry, I'm doing a character profile here. You know. Yeah, and they're probably right. Like, um, she might maybe she'll bring a bit uh, that bit of that out. I mean, I will see. Like, yeah, there we go. Raced at the well, box on every level. There you go. I mean, George. I know, like. I mean, uh, listen, I, I completely understand, like, the, you know, the, the battle to get to the UK and you've got there. I mean, and and, uh, and you're going to do whatever you can. I mean, but are you one of those people that you see yourself coming back to Ireland one day? Like, do you do you see your home being Ireland? Oh, you know, I'd post it. Yeah. Well, 100%. Yeah. Um, listen, I'll try and, and log it out and, and stay here for as long as I can. But um, I'll, I'll definitely come back. Yeah. You'll not see me rooted up and, 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 Rather have our chef as a home. Uh, no, I'll definitely be back you know, at some stage. Head to the hills, probably. Yeah. Hopefully, no Rotherham fans actually listening on this interview today. <laughs> Dan, we'll just wrap with the fixtures, will we? Yeah, you give us the fixtures there, Johnny. Will we get Georgie's predictions on each one just to put them completely on the phone there? Um, we haven't mentioned uh, the first vision either. We'll get to that. It looks like it's kind of um, game over there, whatever. But it's it's amazing you haven't mentioned it like, at this point. This is the longest you've ever gone without mentioning it. Other than. Other than the Galway United chairman, obviously, uh, Jonathan Corbett. We actually did get a message. We did get one on the face. Yeah, Jason did send us the message. I meant this the mailbag. It was like, um, he was doing, he was, he was sort of, obviously, he was studying Enoch Burke um, yeah. appearing at uh, the Galway United uh, press conference to look, where is John Corbett after his comments about Stephen <laughs> Kenny and Don DT. It was a good, I don't have it quite in front of me here. That should have won um, the mate. That should have won the mate. Anyway, mate. Pearl Jonathan, Pearl Jonathan Carver, yeah. Is it true that Enoch Burke and family were at Terryland at the weekend demanding to know, where is Sean Corbett? After his comments about Stephen Kenny. Um, yeah, that's okay, George. All these, all these we've, had Enoch, we've had Enoch Burke before. I mean, as I pointed out, Enoch Burke should be freelancing in the League of Ireland. He would be mostly at home with some of the lads outside the dressing rooms after the games. Uh, particularly in the dock, actually. Um, okay, anyway. yeah. And uh, Georgie, all these games are Friday. Quick prediction: Cork City draw the United. No, no. Jeez, you're giving us scores and all. Dundalk, yeah, Shannon, Rovers. Rovers. Uh, Dundalk Rovers. Draw. I'll go for a draw as well. Shelburne Derry City. I'll go for a Derry win. St Patrick's UCD. Ah, uh, St Pat's will win that there. Sligo Rovers Bohemians. What's oh, a big game that? Um, that is a mm. game. Yeah, it's huge. Oh, I don't know. Tough one to, to coin toss. Bad draws. Or... First division at Lone Cove Ramblers, Galway United, Kerry, um, Treaty, Bray Wanderers, Watford, Finn Harps. And um, I think if you did the double on Kerry and Finn Harps on Friday, it would be the longest priced double ever, ever, ever in the history of the League of Ireland in a set of games. So there you go, Dan. Yeah, and Keith Long, of course, George's old boss at Waterford as well. So I'm sure you, you've, you've a reason to have keep an eye on them too. I Do you know, Dan, you, didn't, you may not notice this. Galway United were 1-33 to at home to Longford on Friday, a team that beat them previously in the season. I'm like, are we really that good? And we won 4-0. Yeah. But anyway. Where's John Corbett? 
<laughs> That's about it. I think we've. Actually... Yeah, no, I did. I was asking Georgie to keep an eye, you know, Waterford as well. Yeah, I'm trying to think like how many of the, the last Georgie, like, how many of the current managers in the league have you worked with or played with at some description? And Ray, think about it. Like, listen, well, don't rate them all, right? Or played them. against. Like, it's sort of, um, you know, it's a hell of a network between like O'Donnell and, um, you worked. I mean, Duffer. You've never encountered Duffer, but you've probably never had a lot, a lot, a lot of the rest of them in some shape or form. Yeah, there's been a few. Yeah, I've been through a few of them. Higgs as well. Yeah, not a bad network to have. Oh, there we go, Dan. There we go, Georgie and Tinley Vales. Dot dot dot. Yeah, there we more are. more veiled, but deeper than Gary Rogers' network. You know, <laughs> the thing. Let's be honest. The real story with Georgie Kelly is when Jorge Mendez sends him off to Saudi or something. He's there trying to talk about biodiversity or something. That's the, that's the real. That's the real move we all want. Yeah. Oh God, we did get a we did get a couple of climate change related um, messages in, and it's it's so bad in my head now that when Pico Lopez spoke about like how well manicured the pitch was in Morocco for the game, all I could think of was Morocco's in constant drought and they're putting their money into a football pitch. And like Dan, I, I, there's no helping me. There's literally no helping me. There's no help, you know. I mean, we, we won't put George on the spot today with that. That's no. George will be be back uh, next week with his climate slot. Uh, thanks very much, George, for coming on. <laughs> what a man. Uh, yeah, Georgie Kelly was our guest this week. Uh, we'd like to thank Future Ticketing, uh, Rascals, Rory and Shakur, and of course, Decky and Colour and Cuff for their continued sponsorships. Until next week.